Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a podcast from Jackie the world. Wilson, obviously, Lucinda Williams, uh, Elvis Costello, Aretha Franklin, and the answer is, of course, Mark Almond, because all the rest are singers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! yeah. There it is! Oh, <laughs> so, oh, God, yeah. You catch Mark yes. Ellen mid-ramble. Welcome to the Word Podcast. I'm David Hepworth, and I'm joined in the pod this week by... Andrew Harrison. And the aforeheard... Aforeheard Mark Ellen. Mark Ellen. We're not joined this week by, by uh, Matt Hall, who's normally here, uh, you know, dealing with the faders. Yeah. Uh, but he's, uh, he's detained on paternity leave. Yes. Little Stan. Little Stan. We must welcome Stan to the world. Stan Hall. We were we, just... We, we were he wasn't called Albert. Yeah, we thought he should be called Albert. Or Royal Festival. <laughs> or, 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 if it's a girl, Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Queen yes. Elizabeth Hall. It's, it's, interesting. Life, it's it? interesting. So this little, this little boy came into the world on uh, Friday night, I think I'm right in saying. And uh, his first announcement was not a notice in the Times, as it might have been in an earlier yeah. age. Or, you know, or a, or a, a notice on the, pa- the Buckingham Palace railings. No, it, he, he supplanted Matt's picture in Facebook. Yes. You know, the little, <laughs> the little baby, and it's the new form of birth announcement. Well, it, it was announced it? in a, a Facebook status uh, announcement. Matt Hall is welcoming little Stan into the world. <laughs> yeah, and it's Stan is asking people to be his friends on his. So this is so he's moving along. It's quite interesting this because because when you go back with your kids when they're grown up and they, yeah. they they want to know about when they were born and what did you do and were they christened and how were they yeah. registered and all that kind of stuff. Well, the basic format of those things has not changed for a long time until recently. Yeah. You know, Facebook, presumably, when Stan is 20 years old, probably won't be here, will it? It'll have been uh, supplanted by something. It'll be vaporware. So it's, it's evaporated. It is the idea, that, you know, the notion that, oh, yes, your dad went straight upstairs well, you, you and announced you what you on his Facebook do, group. You, you won't be able to go into the, in the future, you won't be able to say, I want to buy a copy of the Times when my birth was announced. It'll be, I want to buy a printout. Yeah. And of course, in fact, I might just do it myself now. Bang, printed. Oh, there we are. Yeah, but yeah. this is what happened to me the other day when I read out some telegrams that I got sent at my wedding. What's uh, a and this was, this was exactly oh, this yes, was my, my 25th hilarious. wedding anniversary party, yeah. my silver wedding, I believe it's called. And I'm reading out the telegrams from. I had to explain to all, all my children uh, among them exactly what a telegram was. Yeah. And that you used to have to ring up and dictate your hilarious message. 
to some stiff old Hubelus Jobsworth, who would yeah. then read it back, do you remember, down the telephone to you to make sure they got it right. By which time, whatever gag you put in there would seem incredibly flat. Can I just add that at your party, I was talking to a fellow guest, and I said, Hugh, for it was Hugh, <laughs> I said, Hugh, I don't remember you at the wedding. He said, oh, yes, oh, we, yeah. were Great we were there. Great day. And I thought, OK, fine. And then you got out these 25-year-old telegrams and read them out, one didn't you? One from New South uh, Wales. One from Hughes. New South Wales. And you're halfway through reading it, and Hugh goes, oh, no, we sent that. We were in Australia. <laughs> we were nowhere near the bloody No wedding. wonder I couldn't remember it. Just, <laughs> anyway, I- enough of that. Um, that was court circular, that bit, wasn't it? Court circular. It was court circular, yeah. Just to clear up a little bit of business from last week, actually, we do, we do very much welcome your feedback, either at mail at wordmagazine.co.uk or if you care to, on the on the Word Podcast group on Facebook, which is where we heard from um, Matt Morden and Christopher Lilly, who corrected me in mistakenly saying that Tom Saxondale's rascal was his uh, was his Ford Mustang. They point out that it's actually it's it's uh, it's a Bedford rascal. And that's the name of his little van. These things are important, though. These things are important. And then Matt Morden comes along and corrects him and says, no, it's not, it's a Renault Kangoo. (laughs) And that's not enough, because at that point, James Mayer weighs in. James James Mayer has behind his, between his brackets, the weight of the British Broadcasting Corporation... And, and he says it's actually from Series 1, Episode 1, which is also the pilot, where Tommy's though. van was yeah. a Bedford rascal. And he goes, the decision to tra- change it to a Renault was only made after the show went to series. Oh. Went to this series. Is this is That's good high stuff. Caliber I, would, I would like to have seen the meeting that says, I'm sorry, but the rascal's got to go. It's got to be a Kangoo. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's, it's, we don't want to bed- lose the yeah. Bedford. It's a deal breaker. <laughs> it's a deal breaker. It's not product placement, is it, or something like well, that? Well, today's BBC, Dave, how would you know? <laughs> it's probably not even a real van. Yes. It's probably it's a car. transparency. Oh, it's, do you I'm mean sure. there's kind of been Blue Peter jiggery It's been driven on. by the Blue Peter cat. Oh, right. Well, see, anyway. It was a rascal. It's now called Bedford. So yeah. you, you've got something over there, I've got Mark, a wonderful... You? Do you remember, I was in about two or three weeks ago, we did a podcast where we were talking, we got a wonderful uh, email from Gary Kay, and Gary Kay was saying, um, you know, I, I nick a lot of your uh, stories and just pass them off as <laughs> my own. <laughs> I take them to dinner, dinner party. That's, okay, that's said, what we do. We, we nick a little bit of pass them off on our own. He yeah. said, uh, next, on Friday night, he said, we're having a Latin American-themed uh, <laughs> dinner party. I love his idea. Oh, the and window said, on you your world. construct I can't remember if we did. I think we were trying to think of something involving Julio Iglesias I was, gonna, I was going to shake maracas as you tell the story exactly. about Bob Dylan. That's right. I don't know if we ever did, but whatever. Gary has sent us a fantastic picture, and here it is, in fact, of Gary with uh, Meryl Sloan yeah. and Richard Robson in their tremendous Mexican hats. He looks, he's, no, that, he's, he's just stepped off a, an easy jet flight at Luton yeah. Airport. That's the appearance. Yes, yeah, so he hasn't got one of those kind of uh, stuffed donkeys. He should have a donkey under, under his arm. arm. Oh, what does the captain, what does the captain say, Mark? Uh, the caption says, uh, where's the caption? Point it there, out it says, the Latin American part dinner party, as mentioned by Mark on the last podcast. There it is. Yeah. yeah so, you know, that kind, of, that kind of immortality could be you and yes. your social calendar if you just got in touch with us, wordmagazine.co.uk. Actually, seriously, if anybody, because people have got their pictures on the, on the, on the uh, Facebook page, mm. we'd love to have pictures of you listening to the podcast because we're <laughs> constantly interested in the circumstances in which people listen to it. In a yes. car full of very small children that you're, you're, you're yeah. coughing loudly so that you can't hear the... Yeah. <laughs> somebody, you touch, note, somebody walks to work in Tokyo listening to it. Yeah. I'd like to see a yeah. picture of somebody Don't fall under doing a bullet train. That. On the note of talking about parties and stuff, I can I mention uh, my current session, DJ. 
I want, I want oh, to have. Here we go. I want feedback on this yeah, from, on. from our listeners. I, I had my first experience of being a DJ on Friday night. Was that literally your first? <laughs> Not experience? quite, actually. No, I've done it a couple of times before, mm. but it was quite a high-profile thing. So mates, well, actually, I thought it was his fiftieth birthday party, so I prepared. And he was only thirty-two. <laughs> no, I prepared. My first track was of Marilyn Monroe singing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President." You know, mm-hmm. which lasts about 45 seconds. The thing I found on the internet, which I thought would be a hilarious stuff. Would have been hilarious. Wasn't his 50s? Actually, he was, no, he was no. only 48. Yeah. Good so that would have been a catastrophe. No, but the thing that interested me, right? Very, we're going to make this very quick. DJs are immensely competitive. Am I right? <laughs> what, have, you just, have you just learned this? I've just learned this. This just in. I was going to say, as, as someone who works for the company that co owns Mixmag, which is all about how competitive DJs it's are, just have, you, have you missed so, this? No, because I go on there and I play my, you know, I thought fairly sober collection of, you know, Flip Flop and Fly by Big, uh, Big Joe Turner and uh, Willie Nelson's uh, I Didn't Come Here and I Ain't Leaving and The Lion of Judah by Laurel Aitken and. Flamboyant by the Pet Shop Boys, obvious stuff. Don't cry no more by Boz Gangs. What any fool would play to, uh, to get a party started? Straight down the middle of the road. Straight Absolutely. down the middle yeah. of the road. Yeah, all right, all right. No, no oops upside your head there. No, no, no. <laughs> we had we had, we had Claxon's Golden Scans later on. That, for, would, you know, that would clear a room. That would clear a room. Wouldn't, but anyway, it wouldn't. Well, there weren't the teenagers there. But anyway, well, the other DJ comes on. Right, old pal of mine called Mark Frith. Barges me out the way after 45 minutes, slaps on the record. You were kicked off. The shepherds, literally, the shepherds I told them I'd play for an hour, literally. Yeah. Hoyt, and I've been on 45 minutes, she says, so, uh, uh, any chance of, uh, you had enough, yeah? I said, not really, no, but do you want to get on? I said, yeah. So I had to fade the record. Mark gets on, wax on Beyonce's Crazy in Love. Course, oh, Immediately, of course, I'm extremely... What a tart. It's an easy move. It's a low trick. Yeah, yeah. It's a low trick. I did, I tell me, did, he, cut, did he cut straight no. into Can't Get You Out of My Head by any chance? No, I think that came off to me. The there we are. It was probably Come On Eileen, but he so certainly ended when with he did uh, Hit that. Me Baby one more time. But, no, let me just say, he picks up his headphones and puts them on, right? Why he's got these headphones on, Mark, if you're listening, do explain to me, because all he was doing actually was cutting from, you know, Kids in America by... By Kim Wilde to something by Haircut 100. You don't need to You don't, you don't do mix it. them, do you? No, you don't. No, you're making sure you've got the right, right but anyway, track. After him, no, this is fantastic, right? So a little bit of tension, you know, and I've been kicked off. Mark's on, he's taken and, and the place is actually, to be fair, is, is getting a bit more excited, a rocking. bit more animated. The house is rocking. <laughs> then he's replaced at about 11 o'clock by this fabulous looking kind of Chinese guy in, a, in, a, in an embroidered silk uh, smoking jacket. Uh, with a, with a, uh, an incredibly complicated amount of equipment, right? His first move, Dave, do you remember? He handed out a box of celebrations. To he the held audience. open held a box of, of celebrations. Right, yeah. well, the DJ booth. I'll tell you what. And women came towards him. Women, yeah, notably you, women came towards him, right? Well, you don't you don't see Paul Oakenfold doing that. Maybe he should. Well, maybe yeah. he should, because that's a Mark came up to me and said, I didn't have to hand out chocolate. I said, Mark, the place is going crazy. Look the, at these people. The viewers ought to be aware, by the way, that Mark, Mark Frith is the editor of Heat magazine. And is he is the editor used to pleasing the people in large numbers. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a blooming good party DJ is pretty, he's very good at it so what have you learned from that certainly have a, a couple of mountain box of celebration so be. what have you learned from this experience Mark next time you DJ do you think I wasn't quite marginal enough <laughs> because, go because the... when he played Beyonce's Crazy in Love, did you think? Did the roof go? Oh, I did actually. You yeah. did. And he told me, he had told me not to open my set with Bruce Springsteen's this Radio Nowhere, right? Now, this is Bruce Springsteen's new single, which I don't think is even out yet, but I just happen to have a copy of it. And if anyone hasn't, who's listening hasn't heard it, it is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's it is really Even good. Andrew Harris, even I like writer, it. who doesn't like Bruce Springsteen, thinks yeah. it's terrific. Prepared to cut the rug to the sound of this new yeah. record, right? It sounds so like the ice cream works. It's Bruce, but, but which Bruce? Do you know what I mean? So that was a mistake. And the other mistake was I should have bought with me a load of vol um, some wine, yeah. um, 
I don't know, free cigarettes, first one's free, I don't know, anything. Um, you know, just something to get people on my side, because everyone, there's bribery is what these people are using. Is that it's, what Oakenfold uses? It's is a crowd, yeah, but I mean, the Blockster uses, Andrew, but this is a, this <laughs> The Blockster. This is a different thing, isn't it? This is a party, mm-hmm. and you know, I've done a piece about this in Word in the past. I remember it very well. About, you know, there are ten records that will never fail you. And they tended to start with Abba's Dancing Queen or whatever. The the myth about DJing is people think, wow, the DJ must be fantastic. You get to play whatever you want. The DJ is not in charge. The DJ is never in charge. The people who are dancing or not dancing are in charge. Oh, and the oh DJs, this is good. This is, good. This is good. DJs. I'm just going to make some notes. Any DJ, down, yeah. whether they're whether they're playing at a, at a wedding or whether yeah. they're playing at you know the terrace at DC Ten at you know at ten o'clock in the morning on a Monday in Ibiza, they've kind of got to give the punters what the punters want, and if they don't, it all goes very wrong very quickly. Oh, that's okay. that's really interesting. So the um so the key DJ skill is reading the mood and working out at what point. Yeah, you come in, with and whatever. I suppose playing "Dancing Queen" or "Can't Get You Out of My Head" is is the kind of incredibly, you know, low level general public. When you know, all of us play a record at a party once in a while. That's the that's the kind of amateur version of what has become incredibly finely honed by Norman Cook or you know Danny Sanaglia or whatever. But they've got to they, they they've got to know what is going to keep people on side. But isn't Norman Cook? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he? Wasn't he uh, the, the master of taking out unfinished records and trying them out live on the on the dance They all do and, that. They all do that. The and they're watching which bits don't work. You just yeah. simply edit out that eight-bar block. Nothing yeah, to be which raises the question of who really made the record. Yeah, that's a really. Did good he make the record, or did the punters make the record? And these these things are, you know, they're, they're road tested, like a like a well, like a car, for instance. Yeah, like a car. Road test. Yeah, um, and you know, that that's that is the great myth about DJing. People think it must be great to just make people listen to whatever you want to listen to. Well, if you're going to come on with Bruce Springsteen's new single that nobody's heard yet, mm. you know, you find no, out. I wasn't it, it wasn't a strong move. But, <laughs> but I love so if you went uh, back to the wiser man, I raised the following morning. <laughs> you raised the morning. <laughs> oh, my, my brother was DJing for the British Sea Power after party um, a, a, a couple of that weeks ago, good. and uh, he's, he opens with "I like to move it, move it" by Real to Real and the Mad Stuntman. Nobody argues with that. You know. No, they don't argue about the that. The safe move never goes wrong. Well, you don't say "Come on, Ireland, please." I remember in your article, no, Dave, you did say, and I wish I'd reread it before I'd done this uh, set actually, because you said never play the Beatles. So I kicked right, in track eight, Long Tall Sally. Can't go wrong, the live version. Not, tell you what. It's not dance music. People are shuffling. You People can, are saying, can you turn that down a bit, for, for older pe- for, for an older crowd, you know, you can play the early Beatles when it was just dance music, when it was popping around. Not I like you can. You play old Rolling Stones records. doesn't work. You play old Rolling Stones records, people will dance. Play old Beatles records, they won't. Because old Rolling Stones records are hip and old Beatles records aren't. The Beatles I want people to tell us. Later on. Well, people don't I like to be people. You don't. No, I think drunk to, be, to, to be fair, to be fair, satisfaction and things like that. They're dance records. I mean, they're groove records. Whereas, so it's twist whereas, and shout. Uh, yes, twist and shout is. But, but it only uh, appeals to an older crowd. Well, who yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't reach for them at all. It, 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 it does tend to be, yeah. you know, the Abbas and it oh, very tend, much. It's, it's Dancing Queen. Actually. It's, it's not even, Dancing Queen. Yeah, yeah. and it's the beginning well, of Dancing Queen. It's, yeah, definitely yeah. can't get you out of my head. Has not Dancing Queen off the top of the thing because Dancing Queen is now. It's just even. Too cheesy for weddings now. People just go. Oh, it's been God. replaced by "Hung Up" by Madonna. "Hung Up" by Madonna. Which I did play, and that was a big Can't success. get you out of my head. Yeah. Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce is crazy in love, as we just heard from. Uh, that, that's Fritz. literally the best. I got hauled in a few years ago. I've never told you this, and I'm not going to tell you at all now because it's too painful to me. <laughs> I was going to say you're choosing exactly. a really private time to get yeah. <laughs> Keep this to yourself, listeners. On for a new. I was, yes. I was hauled in through a kind of business relationship. To would you DJ at a party? Whose party? Come on. Not Somebody we know, you. right? Well, let's do, we no, give us the background. Or... Right. Nobody you know. Okay. And I 
<laughs> Prime too, we're all too vain and weak to refuse, aren't we? Yeah. And we go, yes, I'd love to do that. And I went along. Tough crowd, was it? I got away with it for about 20 minutes, and then, like, the louse and the Russian's beard, you know, the, 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 you know are running out of oxygen. Um, and what made it worse, it just went downhill. But what made it terrible was that I'd taken the precaution, as Go you would... Go from worse to terrible very quickly. Go on. As you would, if you were DJing, of being sober. Yeah. Of course, you're surrounded it. by drunk people. Yeah. You've got to be utterly sober. So the sort of things that you wouldn't notice as major problems if you were in party mood, yeah. when you're there stone cold sober, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. every slight, yeah. anything that appears to be going every slightly wrong, it every second lasts an eternity. Hurts. It hurts. It's like dead air on the radio. And I went home and, uh, you know, in the fetal position under the duvet for about a week afterwards. It yeah. was one of the worst experiences of my semi-professional So you must life. have been taking notes when I was on the other <laughs> This guy's really good. But look, we've got to wrap this up and I think we should ask well, anybody... We've got to wrap thing. this up. No, uh, well, it's we, a podcast. It's important to wrap it up. But no, anyway. Yeah. Three minutes to the top of the hour and time for the yeah. news. And after that, we've got, uh, you know, Terry Wavy. No, the, um, I think people should tell us what their key records are that never let you down. Because I'm fascinated yeah. by it. Yeah, yeah, There are certain records, and we've just mentioned a few of them. Actually, yeah. That if but you put but them on in any circumstances at all, in a multi-generational yeah. social environment, people will just yeah. Start knocking the furniture. But it's kind of hard to play crazy in love at a wake. But uh, apart from that, that would be hard to wake. Somebody would find a way. But uh, the key thing is, don't try to please your mates. Don't try to please the rock snobs yeah, or the dance snobs or whatever. Yeah, Because yeah. they're not the yeah, people. Never play the great. Don't try to don't try to please the dads. Don't try to please the men. Actually, no. There's, <laughs> the core constituency is women. Turning a room full of people having you know cheesy things on sticks and a glass of champagne into a throng of yeah. you know yeah. uh, bodies is young women. It's women. Yeah. It's women. It's women go on the dance floor. Men are dragged on the dance yeah. floor, yeah. and they do it, and they're perfectly happy. Yeah. Because men have the great difficulty that they can't get themselves away from the wall and make that those steps towards the dance floor. <laughs> you know, it's, it was, what is it? Peter Kay does that absolutely brilliant thing where he does the wedding thing and he does about how men kind of walk towards the dance floor like that and slowly. The, you know, they're, right. they're, they're slowly animating themselves. They're just and they have warming to, up. That's and they have right. to do it satirically. Back. They have to pretend it's a joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, men do that totally. They, men they dance. dance in inverted commas. I don't, they dance in inverted commas, exactly. <laughs> the whole thing's kind of, yeah, even in parentheses, really. It's just like, I'm not really here. I'm not yeah, really yeah. doing this sincerely. Yeah, and they spend the whole time just, just waving at their mates and just pointing at themselves. Yes, yes, I'm full. I'm full. Let's all be ready. Anyway, it was, it was great fun. It was, a, it, was a, it was a fantastic party. Uh, so, moving from party mood to right the other end of the spectrum here, Andrew, the new Radiohead album. Rave on, the new they, Radiohead album. Oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, they've kind of, that's a good story. They've un, uh, unveiled today, haven't they? I'm confused. What's well, happening I, here? I think it's, it's fair to say they've sprung on an unsuspecting public market. Uh, they, <laughs> we just came into work this morning. Uh, yeah, we, we, we came into work this morning and suddenly it's like, yeah, there's a new Radiohead album out um, in nine days and it's going to be released as a download or an incredibly expensive fancy box set. The incredibly expensive fancy box set contains the album, another CD of unreleased tracks, the album on double heavy vinyl, double heavy vinyl in it? a hardback book with digital photos. Dave's having to blow his nose. I'm it's sorry, to, to, I'm to, not well listened. It's yeah. a Radiohead reaction. Um, but the whole thing, it's is, an allergy. And, and it costs you 40 quid, and it's, um, the box will arrive here in the first week of December, but you'll get the downloads early. 40 quid for that, or you can just have the download version and you choose how much you want to pay for it. So, if you want, you can pay £15. If you want, you can pay £100 because you love Radiohead so much, or you can pay a penny. 
I was looking at people, people on the web this afternoon who were actually um, gleefully reporting and saying, I paid nothing. Yes. And it's accepted me. And you thought, this is a yeah. bit pathetic, isn't it, really? It's a bit you like third You have to boast about yeah. the fact that you, you saved yourself well, it's, five it's, it's like the stage in life when you, you start to feel guilty about dodging the phone on the bus. You know, you think it's you're about sort of nineteen. You think this is pathetic, actually. <laughs> yeah, I really ought to just, just, yeah. just grow so you, up and pay. So yeah. you you can you can get the download quite soon. You get the download a week to a week on Tuesday, and you pay. You kind of order. You pre-order, yeah. if you like, yeah. for forty quid, the full lot, and that doesn't come till December, December. in time for Christmas, Dave. And so it's they've a... they've got the money out of the out of the public before they've well, had the product. Well, they've clearly done the done the maths on this, haven't they? Um, and worked out that. You know they'll they'll make enough from the luxury edition um, to justify you know a pay what you think you want to pay for the, the regular one. There are lots of really good ideas involved there. I think yeah, one, yeah. one of them is that uh, it's exactly the same way as t-shirt companies work, isn't it? If you order a t-shirt, then what they do is they print it. So well, they do now, yeah, on demand. Just in time, yeah. just in time is what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you don't have a warehouse full of, um, you know, rotting uh, merchandise that nobody wants to buy. Ideally, so what these guys are presumably doing is pressing up precisely the number of, pe- of copies that have already been pre-ordered. Yeah. So there isn't any kind of wastage of any kind. That's the that's one yeah. of the uh, plans, isn't it? In which respect, it is it's it's quite green, I it suppose. Is, yeah. You know, um, and but there's a whole lot of unanswered things about it. Like I don't know. This is boring but important. I don't know what format the download will be in. Will it be an MP3? If it's an MP3, they might as well give it away because it's going to be flying around the world exactly. for nothing. Is it in protected Windows media? Well, you won't be able to play it on your iPod. What format is it going to be? That's actually quite important, I think. Yeah. So, if who's you... going to play these vinyl versions? You know, they're lovely to have. Everybody loves vinyl, but who's actually going to physically well, play the vinyl? It's just a fetishistic yeah, thing yeah. that certain people like yeah, me might. really like to have. Yeah, I think you might. Think physical <laughs> objects that you can sit So, if you were going to, let's say, let's say you could get this download today. It's actually a week's time or something like that. But let's say you could actually get it today. Okay, and you haven't heard it. You know nothing about it. Yeah. And they're operating an honour system. Yeah. They say, you've got to pay us something. How much are you going to pay? Me? Yeah, cool. Uh, I think I'd probably pay... I'd probably pay six or seven quid, I think. Okay, you? I would pay, yeah, I'd say, I, I like the Radiohead and support them very much. Yeah. You see, so I, I, I would, but it's, I, don't, I, don't know, I know what you mean, Dave, because you're sitting there thinking, shall I pay him a tenner? It's like when someone comes around in the office with, a, with an envelope and says, oh, so-and-so's leaving. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm fond of so-and-so, but Christ, I've got to go and buy a sandwich in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see, I don't even like Radiohead very much, but I kind of like the idea of them doing this. I'll probably give them a fiver. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fiver feels like a round figure I, I, to I'm, me. Absolutely. I think I'd probably pay... Seven or probably seven or eight quid. I'd, I would be thinking, what would it cost in the shops? And knock a quid off because it doesn't physically exist. Yes. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not, not insignificant. Is yeah, because they're, they're, they're presumably playing on the fact that the people who are boasting about about, about paying very little will, will be obliged to feel bad about it in the context of a lot of their friends paying more money. Well, they may be also rationalising it as the people who don't pay very much probably wouldn't have, wouldn't wouldn't have bought in the first place. Wouldn't anyway. have bought in the first place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, this is great, isn't it? You know, you, you choose what you want to pay, <coughs> and there are restaurants that do this. You know, it's, it's all quite interesting. But it's all well and good of your Radiohead because you've already oh, sure. climbed the the regular yeah, hill yeah. and you're in a position where actually you know they probably could give the album away entirely and still be loaded uh, I don't think Radiohead is so much about money as other bands but you know they're, they're in a quite an advantageous position if you are the nobodies trying to get going from nowhere it's a different kettle of fish isn't it yes I suppose so but, I, but the other factor is if you were the nobodies you probably wouldn't be doing what Radiohead are, are doing somewhat anachronistically which is putting out records in with 12 tracks you know what I mean giving you a load of stuff on an album and an yeah. album is a thing that arose 
because of the physical limitations yeah. of a product. Yeah. You know, it could take 20 True. minutes either side or whatever. If you were band starting, you might be more likely to do, here's a track, give us a quid, give us 50p. Yeah. And if you like it, well, come along with another track two months later. Yeah. And you might give us £1.25. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that was, I mean, that's going back to the old singles dynamic, yeah. isn't it? As yeah, we discussed a lot many times. You know. Well, no, well, actually, it wasn't in the first no, place. No, it wasn't it was a lost leader it, it, was, it was it, in the first place. The single was the thing you sold. You see, yeah, and then it might be. Might be back so. back My favourite example of this. Favourite example of this. In, you know, the glory days of the record business. Nineteen sixty-five. Rolling Stones write and record Satisfaction within like two weeks. Yeah. They put it out a week later. Two weeks later, it's number one all over the world. Huge hit. Consequently, they went and made the next one, Get Off My Cloud, which sounds like satisfaction. Because what they were doing is they were getting instant feedback yeah. from yeah, the marketplace yeah. every yeah. time they did anything. Whereas people don't do that yeah. anymore. No. They think they know what the market wants. They go away and spend two years creating it. Oh, the put it out. Very it often find the market's yeah. changed its Absolutely. mind. It's yeah. moved on to But something. also, I mean, I, 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 the music business has drifted so far away from that way of thinking about things is in that you know, bands are not thinking, what does the market want in the same way? They think, that what the market wants is my artistic expression. So I go away and hone my artistic expression until I'm happy with what it is, bung it out there, and then the market either says yes or no. Yeah. There isn't that sort of feedback loop. There isn't that interactivity. Which I think is incredibly wasteful myself, the fact that there isn't that. Because I often think this about albums nowadays. that You, you hear from record companies or you read in the press or whatever, this record's coming, they're talking yeah. about it, they've prepared the video, they've got the tour in place and yeah. all this. And you're sick of it by the time it comes well, out. A, you're sick of it by the time it actually comes out because you're fortunate enough to get an advanced copy. But also, you get a very strong feeling with a lot of albums. They come out on a Monday morning and by 11 o'clock that morning they're dead. You know, well, doesn't that raise the about the Radiohead thing? That if you can get the download on eight days' time, but the rest of your package arrives kind of at Christmas, which you've already paid for eight weeks before and whatever, then aren't you a little bit tired of it by then? The shine would have gone off. Well, no, because, because, because you had your choice. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, you don't have to have the, the package. And, and I think the people who want the package will be really delighted with it when it turns up because the package is an yeah. objet d'art. It's a Christmas present from Radiohead. Yeah, it's great. I, I it is would, a good, hang on, the, the, the two vinyl discs, the CD of the original album, you know, three quarters of the thing will never be played at all. You'll only play CD two with the extra tracks, including. I'm intrigued to hear what man- bangers and mash sounds like. You'll play the second. <laughs> you'll, you'll play the second CD, but the rest of it you'll be familiar with. And it's not really for playing. It's it's for putting on your shelf and thinking, isn't that lovely? This Have is you the, re- the track list there. That's yeah, brilliant. this is the reason. For instance, are you trying to tell me that CD two contains what I imagine is a cover of the classic Sophie Loren and Peter Sellers single from 1965, <laughs> Bangers and Mash, Mean Astrona. <laughs> Give us a bash of the Bangers and Mash, Mean Tell yeah. oh, surely tell us it will be stranger things have happened well, but this, is, this is the reason why the 7 inch single is actually in quite rude health now people buy it because it's a lovely thing and they take it home and don't play it they just put it on the shelf but isn't that nice but don't you think this whole business of, of uh, to use an appalling uh, marketing expression of roots to market is rather, rather fascinating because people are desperately trying to, to, to synthesise new ways to get to a marketplace yeah. there's one the other day that I read about was the Counting Crows I'm sure you've heard that Counting Crows signed a deal with Delta Airlines yeah. Lots of people signed deals with McCartney, Joni Mitchell, Dylan, and I think Sonic Youth were about to do with Starbucks. So the Sonic, Youth. Radio, Sonic Youth Sonic Youth. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Andrew. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. This is, this, this is stressful, I know. Well to the sorry, you know, thank God you're sitting down. I know. But, um, yeah, Counting Crows signed to Delta Airlines um, and launched their album playing on the, about, about to, playing on the tarmac at JFK in New Jersey. And they have a deal where the music is played, I think, 
on flights in departure yeah. lounge. Do you think? Which is absolutely. Do you think this is about route to market, or is it? Is it like they play classical music in shopping centres to deter kids? Is this to like scare terrorists away by playing counter? <laughs> oh, I see, yes, or just to I mean, lower the heartbeat of people about to exactly. Fly. Yeah. That's not a way of getting your music to consumers, though, is it? I mean, that's a way of getting money out of Delta. It's a way of getting money for something. That, I mean, this is what we're coming back to: is is that if people are not prepared to pay for your album because people are now not used to paying for albums, but they're quite prepared to pay you to see you play yeah. it live then you might as well do anything you possibly can, as with, I don't know, Travis giving away their greatest hits yesterday with one of the Sunday newspapers in England. Um, you know, you might as well get some money for something that otherwise might not sell. Yeah. That's all it is. They're just thinking, how can I call back something? But it's also not purely to do with the fact that, you know, we live in the age of new technology and people are used to free downloads and all that. It's also to do with the fact you've got a load of acts like Prince who are putting out their 25th album yeah. or whatever it is. So even in the old dispensation, the number of people who would have wanted it would have been quite small. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, there's a limit to how much of anybody's catalogue yeah. everybody wants. You know, you've got people like Springsteen going on tour now, you know, and mm. he'll sell out and it'll be a, kind of a big deal for about a week, you know, but his, his record's not going to sell what Born in the USA yeah. sold or anything like it. Yeah. Well, this, is, uh, this has got not so much to do with the music business as, a, as, a, as an industry. It's got more to do with the artists' idea of themselves, isn't it? The, the real reason Bruce Springsteen has made a new album is because he actually wants to. He just feels he should be making yes. new music. He yeah, they're kind a, of programmed to yeah, do it, aren't he they? He shouldn't be his own tribute act. Prince has been Prince, the musically incontinent Prince who can't stop making music, and <laughs> should have been prevented. You know, that, yeah. someone, if ever there was somebody who did a man standing behind him with a mallet, it's Prince. Yeah, um, makes new records because he thinks that's who he is. He's the guy that makes new records. Well, really speaking, he should just tour Purple Rain, coin it. Or actually, interestingly, going back to the case of the Rolling Stones of the singles, the one point at which. Prince revived his career is yeah. when he made that single on his own, didn't it? Which was number one. What was it called? Was that the most beautiful girl in the world? The most beautiful girl in the world was a huge hit. But he just did that as a single, didn't yeah. he? He yeah. kind of poured everything into this is my four minute message. Do you yeah. like it or you don't? Yeah. Rather than this idea that I'm going to make twelve tracks 12 and I'm going to cut it down. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to fight a rearguard action for the for the twelve track album because you know we've all been we've all heard how it's fallen to bits and I you know downloading is is dis. Is, Debundling or whatever it is, uh, the album. There is something pleasurable about listening to twelve tracks in order and feeling that you. It's more than just hopping from tune to tune and artist to artist. There is. I think it's more than just the existence of the old twelve-inch vinyl that brought the twelve. Yeah, yeah, you remember, I tell you what I was thinking existence. last night when I was driving in the country. Oh, I yes. was playing. Uh, I was playing the Common album. Oh, I the, right. And, and hip hop, not my. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> it's frightfully, frightfully common in the country. It's common album. Very common, common album. Yes. And I thought yeah, it was some working class people. I've been, I've been told this is really good. Uh, it's produced by Kanye West, you know. Yeah. And I put it on, and I've, and it's, it is very good. And I thought to myself, that's track one. That'll be good. Yeah. Track two will be good. Yeah. Track three will be good. Track four will be all right. And then it'll drop off a cliff in quality terms. And sure enough, that's precisely what it did. Because yeah. what I think people should be doing and want to produce a load of music is do four tracks, do five tracks. It's when you start doing 12 that most people, you know, they... they well, that, it reduces the number of people who are likely to connect with it. It's funny, Jude uh, of this parish, um, um, who was usually on his podcast, went to see uh, Joanna Newsom at the Royal Albert Hall the other night. It was supported by, it was supported by she was, sorry, supported by um, Roy Harper, who did the whole of Stormcock. So you can as imagine, a supporter, as the entire album, in, yeah, the in whole sequence, of it, the whole of Stormcock. Yeah, oh I know that's upset you, isn't it, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the sound of chairs right? being rustled. Anybody with, with flinging, flinging a noose over? <laughs> that's the laws against. Actually, I would have loved these. You would have. Yeah, me, Robert Plant, and Johnny Marr would have had a great time. Yeah, 
But for a certain number of people, see, to hear that twelve, those twelve songs in sequence would have been very, uh, very attractive. Well, battling, yeah, yeah, thought, or battling. So all those people who've been, uh, you know, tempted in from having a smoke outside, as we were discussing, <laughs> you know, last oh, there, week. There were, there were non-smokers running out and, and, and taking up yeah, smoking in order yeah. to avoid the sound of, uh, you know, one-man rock and roll band. So while we're talking about the new way of doing things, Andrew, are you getting an iPhone? When are they coming? Uh, they're coming. Andrew the knows end. all about this. Sort of stuff. Of I rely on Andrew yeah. for a Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. Well, the viewers can't see that I'm sitting here in my short trousers with a little propeller head uh, <laughs> and a baseball cap on. And, uh, you know, I've skated in um, on, my, on my scooter. Um, What's the little boy in the Jetsons called? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy Jetson or something. <laughs> so anyway, Grandad, the, uh, the iPhone will be coming end of November, I think. I'm not that bothered, really. I've got oh. a mate who's got one who says it's great try it you'll never go back um but for the things that it does it's if you want an ipod it's an ipod with quite tiny storage if you want on the go internet well fine that's great you know on the go, and a lot of phones do it now but the iphone seems to do it better than most because it's got a bigger screen it's a touch screen all the rest of it if you want um telephony well it's a phone that's good you've got to go through o2 fair enough um, they've been disabling any iPhones that people have chipped to use different SIMs on. They sent out a software update, which basically turned them into oh, what the God. what the online community is referring to as iBricks, because they're not your good friend of ours. $400 paperweight. Um, I, I think, as with a lot of things, uh, you know, <coughs> the best thing to do is wait wait a year for version 3 when they've really honed it and they've got rid of the stuff that they thought would be essential, but actually isn't, and they've built in a whole lot of stuff that people want, such as plenty of storage for music. Also, I just don't fancy the opportunity of losing everything in one go. I'd sooner just lose my iPod or lose my phone. Or dropping it in a puddle. Yeah, I don't want to lose my iPod or my phone. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful-looking thing, but I think I will be holding off for a bit. Talking of things being lost, Mark lost all his email addresses recently, didn't he? he did. I'm still in so the if you've ever heard of Mark, just email him. Please, yes, please do. Just, yes. uh, I had Leonard Cohen's home email address. I must have it somewhere at home, I think. But things like that, they're irreplaceable. Yeah. Not so Leonard, not the laughing if you're listening, Leonard, email each other yeah. all the time. He's probably, yeah. he's probably changed it. What you're up to, Leonard. Yeah, to avoid then. me. Yeah. So anyway, at this point in the programme, it is customary uh, to tell the... A hoary, hoary old oh. rock anecdote. The hoary old rock anecdote. Oh, God, before I do that, you know, we were talking last week about... People shouting for Freebird at concerts yeah. and uh, and whipping post. Yeah, mm-hmm. the day after we talked about this, I got sent this. It's a book. Read what that is called. It's called the Boy Who Cried Freebird: Rock and Roll Fables and Sonic Storytelling by Mitch Myers. And it's yeah. quite good. It's it? American author. Yeah. And and these are short shortish stories, kind of vignettes, roughly based on real musical folklore. Oh. Uh, and the the opening story, which is called "The Boy Who Cried Free, Freebird," is about somebody who went along to so many concerts and cried Freebird, and then eventually he worked out he was going to go to this jazz show and shout for Freebird, and he did, and he thought he'd done something terribly wrong, and then they started to play That's cool. Freebird. That so is very good. Again. Yeah. No point, so, um, Mitch Myers, the "Boy Who Cried Freebird," rock and roll fables and sonic storytelling. So, quite a good idea. That's good. That's anyway, while we're talking yeah. about this, this is not pop apocrypha. The story I'm about to tell you, young lad, he's <laughs> fixing, fixing Andrews. Andrew in his shorts. Look at that, Dave. Oh, you great. The conqueror in his pocket. You graze your knee. Give, <laughs> give us a story, Dave. <laughs> give us a story. Get your jammers on, and I'll tell oh, you. Oh, go a story. on. This is this is 
the, the, a true story about, and I consider it, unless anybody knows different, to be the saddest life story in the whole. Oh, I, I know what you're going to. I'm going to tell us. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And this is the story of. We should have bought violins, you and I. Yeah. We should be sitting here sawing the world's smallest violins. This is the story of Jackie Wilson, oh. the soul singer, who was born in 1934. And he came from a background which is about as rough as you can probably come from. He was a Golden Gloves boxer. You know, those were the days when people started yeah, off yeah. as boxers and then became musicians. I don't think you get very much of that anymore. <laughs> he started singing in nightclubs at the age of 15, right? He needed to do it in order to support his wife and child, right? So he had a wife okay. and child at the age of 15. <laughs> But well, he had a child and a, and a partner. But, you know, okay. Yeah. He'd, he, you know, he'd started early. He hit the ground running, did you know, old Jackie Wilson. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he hit the slippery slope running. Yeah. You know, because his biographers attest the fact that there was no, you know, there was no drug, no alcohol, no no form of, you know, abuse. It had been rigorously tested by the great He wouldn't soul. take to in yeah. an absolutely huge way. Actually, he wasn't, he started off, that first of all, to earn money to raise his child. He was singing with the ever-ready gospel singers. So sing, <laughs> embrace the Lord, you know, they're yeah. going home and, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, small children all, all, all over the place. <laughs> anyway, we know him from, you know, those, you, you can still see these fabulous clips of him, you know, doing Rick Petit, Lonely Teardrops, and all these fabulous soul kind of dance numbers, really. Yeah. And, and many people reckon that Michael Jackson got his act from anywhere. Oh, he yeah, got it from Jackie Wilson. You know, the, 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 his moves, you know, were just absolutely beautiful. Uh, but he, he, um, he, he actually, he was shot one night. They claim, they claim the story they put out was he was shot by a fan. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was shot by one of his jealous girlfriends who was lying in wait in his apartment when he came home with his wife, you know. Took out the gun, shot him five times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote it off as, oh, you know... It's pretty it, strong. It, it was yeah. a crazed fan. You know? Yeah. Just anything that could go wrong in the life of Jackie Wilson went wrong. And particularly in, ni- in the 1970s, he was, as many people from that kind of background are, on the oldies circuit, you know, you're just out there doing your tunes with a string yeah. of other acts. And he was on stage at a casino in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, in 1975, when he had a massive heart attack on stage Mm -hmm. and fell over and in the course of falling over banged his head so badly on the stage that he went into a coma he was in a coma for the next nine years Hmm. it's not good it's not good and so he died in 1984 having been in this coma apparently medical bills covered by they do say Elvis Presley, who was an admirer. Good lord. Um, there must have been his initial medical bills, because obviously Elvis had shuffled off this mortal coil yeah. um, sometime before that. Um, you know, he's memorialised in Jackie Wilson said, I'm in heaven when you smile, which of course then had, in the Dexys version, is the one that Top of the Pops put up, the famous picture yeah. of Jockey Wilson. Yeah. That's the ultimate stay- indignity, isn't it? It's the ultimate indignity. An 18 stone darts player <laughs> with a big pint of lager in one He's also remembered in, do you know that song by the Commodore's Night Shift? Yes. That's all about That's Jackie song, Wilson. Yeah. It's a great song. It's all about Jackie Wilson. So he finally died in 1984 
1,500 people went to his funeral, and yet he was buried in a pauper's grave. Blimey. Because he owed so much money. And all lower lips don't know what. The final terrible irony is that within a year of his death, he was number one in the United Kingdom, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. With Reed Petit. Yeah. Thanks to the intervention of a plasticine model singing his tune hmm. on a video. <laughs> you got to wonder what he, what he did wrong in the very early days oh, to, well, I think to warrant all this. Something has, yeah, there's oh, been some divine God. justice. So, but you've got, you, you've got to imagine when you hear that story, you think you've, you've had the bit where he's gone home with his wife and there's a girlfriend waiting for him with a gun and shot him five times, and then you're about to tell a story about a really bad night. <laughs> so already your imagination is quite boggled by So I, I attest that that is... Is the there a sad story, story in rock, though? In the history of rock and roll. Perhaps if, the viewers can supply us with If this. anybody thinks they know one, please get in touch. So, uh, as ever, wordmagazine.co.uk. On that lacrimose note. Do yeah. join the, uh, you know, the podcast Facebook group and do send us your pictures of you uh, listening to the podcast. You know, people up mountains yeah. in foreign climes yeah. in unusual circumstances. Keep it decent if you can. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Keep it as decent. It's, it's not that possible. kind of thing. <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk.